You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to Walk It Out. And we're going to be talking about kids and actually kids being kids today. I have my friend Jessica Smart here. And let me tell you a little bit about Jessica. She began her motherhood blog, Smarter Each Day, one week after giving birth to her first baby. Um, She and her husband live in beautiful North Carolina, where she loves hiking with the kids and steaming coffee in the afternoon. And her other book, Memory Making Mom, she was on here a while ago about that, but today we're talking about her new book, Let Them Be Kids. So welcome, Jessica. Thanks for having me. I, As I said the first time I was on, I just really respect you so much. And so it's an honor to just get to chat with you and share this space with you. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. It's always like my treat to like get away from all the kids for a little while and talk with a friend yes. <laughs> and talk about meaningful stuff. It's like my little break during the day. So I'm so glad that we could do that today. Yeah, we have like 27 of them, right? So that can get probably... <laughs> <laughs> Only 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so your new book is called Let Them Be Kids, Adventure, Boredom, Innocence, and Other Gifts Children Need. And when I saw this come through my desk, I'm like, this is so good. And I love how you consider these things as gifts, um, especially like boredom. <laughs> right. Because I would say most kids don't um, think of that as a gift. And this last weekend, we went away to a condo in Branson, which is like three and a half hours away. And literally all we did was lay around, watch movies, play board games. There was a hot tub there. And my kids, one of my kids is like, are we going to the mall or something? We're like, no, this is, this is it. This yeah. is our vacation. And it was a gift. So I would just love to hear more of why it was on your heart to write this book? Um, Well, yeah, I mean, the boredom piece, for sure, I've been thinking a long time about just technology and how it affects me and how it's affecting Mm -hmm. kids. So there's a big part of that and just wanting to make childhood, you know, the best that it could be for my own kids and kind of just explore. That's like my therapy to write about whatever I'm thinking about for my own family. Um, But honestly, I can tell you the moment that I like decided I would write this book and I can even picture in my head where I was on the road and the stoplight that I was sitting at. Um, I was listening to another podcast and, um, shoot what Mo Isom I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah. her yes, so yeah. she yeah she wrote a book called um sex god and the conversation the church forgot I might be slaughtering that title but that's the general idea so she was quoting um some statistics and she said I I just I just remember being so jarred when I heard that she said um the average age a child views pornography now is 11 Mm. or 10, 10 or 11. I can't remember. I've seen both, but, um, I just remember thinking like, oh my goodness, what has happened to childhood, you know? And, um, so the first inklings of this book was sort of like a little bit of that fight urge of just like, this is not right, you know, but 
the book is not like aggressive, you know, it's very, I think funny. And, you know, there's a lot of lighter themes, you know, um, for childhood, but that was the first, like, I just think in so many ways, in so many arenas, childhood is under attack of whether it's busyness, whether it's, you know, internet and technology in the good and bad ways that that can look, um, you know, just the stress of our, like, hello, 2020, you know, the stress uh, that's around us that our kids are absorbing in a way that we don't even understand. Um, the loss of play. So yeah, like boredom is a huge piece of that. And I feel like you and I had a, had that in our childhood in a way that our children never unfortunately will. Um, so it was, the book is about exploring what it looks like to give our kids the good gifts of childhood in the world we're actually living. Like not saying you need to like go live in a hole, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, and totally just never, I mean, I use the internet, like we watch TV, but what does it look like to still preserve the good things about childhood in this world? Yeah, that's so good. Cause I was just talking with a friend um, and she's like, you grew up in weed, California. What was there to do in weed? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we grew up and there's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a movie theater for most of my growing up years. And when it was open, it was like one screen that I don't know maybe 30 people I don't know it's this tiny thing yeah. and I said like me and my friends would walk to the pizza parlor where there was five arcade games yeah. we would find coins on the street to play one game walk back and took an hour to do the walking thing we would go into yeah. the woods we, one of my friends lived like they had some acreage and we would make like pretend houses with the trees and the bushes when this would be our couch I mean we just did stuff out there because you know we tell our kids cartoons were was on Saturday mornings like that's when you got up and watch cartoons and stuff right? we were just out doing stuff and I do think that you know kids if they're they don't have anything to do for five minutes they're completely bored uh and I'm like no you know go outside do stuff and they do need that just that chance to use their imaginations without feeling like they always have to be entertained Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it takes a little bit of mm-hmm. work to get them there. You know, it's not like every kid is going to be like, yay, <laughs> I get to color right now. Like, <laughs> um, because just like us, you know, with our technology and just distraction driven society, it takes me a little bit to like settle in and read a book, you know, and there's that discomfort of what should, what do I need to check or I'm not being entertained right this minute. So it, it, I don't want it to make it seem like my kids are like, you know, just, it's so easy all the time to say, go out in the backyard and play. And they just come up with all these things, but eventually they do. They, it just kind of, kind of, you have to like get back in that mode. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's almost like when my husband and I went on a cruise, like the we was like a five day cruise. The first day we were like, OK, what do we do? Like, we don't have any electronics, you know, you're walking around by day three. We're like laying in the sun for an hour and don't even care. Like, you know, it's like this is yeah. so good. Aww. But it does take your mind, I think, time to unwind and get just you're so used to like technology and this quick this and quick that and find this answer and watch this video that it does kind of take your mind time to unwind to get used to being slow to get used to being creative um and I think we miss out on so much when we are just telling our kids like here's a tablet here's a remote um just today I told my kids they couldn't have their electronics till later tonight they've just been fussing and like you know anytime I'm like you're Mm -hmm. just being on electronics too much especially after the weekend we are traveling so they had it in the car and um so my daughters got out some stuff they had from a kit and they're making soap in the kitchen you know so they could have been Mm. like watching youtube videos or whatever 
But now the, for the last right. hour and a half, they've been making soap and putting in scents. And when you do like limit things, it, it is amazing how creative they can be when given the opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, you touched on something so important. I think a lot of times as parents, we're afraid to make those decisions. Like you saying like, okay, I'm going to wait. But I honestly think 99% of the time, deep down, they're wanting us to kind of step in and make right. those guidelines for, for them. And I, I, ta I talked in my book a story about a friend who went on a field trip with a bunch of kids. I think they were like seventh and eighth grade. And they took all the phones away. And of course, the kids are like twitching and like <laughs> withdraw the first like two or three days. But by the end of the trip, they didn't even right. want them back. They were like, no, it's way more fun. Please just keep them, which is so sad to me, you know, because I think we are scared to make those decisions and immediately you do hear backlash, but deep down kids want you to protect yep. them and to help them make decisions that are too big for them. So I just, I just always want to cheer a mom on that has, you know, is thinking about or has made a tough choice to say what, I mean, whatever it is like, no, you can't have that phone yet or whatever it is, you know, they deep down do want us to be yeah, the grown up. Absolutely. And I think when we give them ideas of things they can do too, not that they always have to do those yes. things, but I, I always try to have art stuff and like soap making stuff and stuff around or cooking. Yes. And um, sometimes like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, yes. I bought that brownie mix or you can look up this cookie recipe. Just like even giving them ideas of things that they can do. Yes. It's not like we're have to entertain them the whole, the whole time, but we can give them ideas like, what do you try this? Or what about if we do this? And, and absolutely. I think that's important to have stuff, you know, it would be cruel to just be like, go yeah. sit in a blank room. <laughs> like part of it is like prepping your surroundings to have at your fingertips, some options, you know, but when it doesn't, when it's not working, I also have been known to say like, okay, you can go shoot hoops you can color, you can read this book, or you can yeah, mop exactly. the floor. And it's amazing how appetizing the first three look. It's so true. <laughs> or, you know, sometimes I'll even say, well, do you want to earn some extra money? Because you could dust this for me. And mm -hmm. they love that kind of stuff, too. Then they have, yeah. you know, we could go get snow guns later if you could do this. So even sometimes chores, if you're going to, like, hey, if you do this, we'll, this Absolutely. we'll just go get snow guns later. They're like, okay, that sounds like fun. Um, Yeah. So, yes. and I found also times when they don't have electronics then they do find times to interact with each other where the electronics is yes. all often a solo thing where they're just doing their own game I know yeah I it makes me sad because you know again like I think about my own mm -hmm. childhood and like when I went on a car trip in college I'm like what did we even do like we just yeah. talked <laughs> like you know we listened to a burn cd we stopped at a gas station and got peach rings and then we talked the yeah. whole time, you know, or like family vacation. I mean, you know, you had like that one DVD you found in the rental home or something, or I guess at that point it was VHS, but like, then we just were together. And I, I you know, I'm glad about technology. I mean, I wouldn't be yeah. talking to you right now without it, but, yeah. <laughs> but it for sure, you know, it has hindered relationships. Yeah, and conversation and really getting to know each other. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the other day when my husband, we took two cars, we went on a little weekend trip and my husband spent two hours talking to one of our daughters who was right in the front seat all about being in the Marine Corps. And she just thought it was the best thing ever. Mm. You know, it's like once he started talking Aww. to her, she didn't care that she didn't have electronics. Um, she was just you know, in the conversation. Yes. I think so many times we forget that kids do want to hear that they want to, 
converse with us and enjoy that time together. And we often don't. Yes. We don't do it. And I love how, you know, it's it's boredom, but it's fun. It's safe once they realize like, oh, wait, <laughs> it's kind of cool talking to my parents or doing these activities with my mm-hmm. sibling. Absolutely. And I think we've all learned that probably a little bit during mm-hmm. quarantine. I was going to say that too, yes. Um, yeah, so... Which I've had enough of quarantine, just for the record. (laughs) I'm not saying it's exploring, but one of the gifts I've seen kids out on their bikes so much or playing sidewalk chalk or, you know, just families eating dinner together because they're actually home, you know. Um, So I hope maybe we can retain some of those gifts when the world really opens up, which surely it will. I think so many times we say, oh, I wish we had more time together. And then all of a sudden we did, which I, I agree with you. Like we mm-hmm. saw parents out with their toddlers, like in the middle of the day. I'm like, I've never seen this up and down my mm-hmm. street before. Right. Um, and then for us, like we yeah. baked bread together. I taught, I had a sewing machine for two years that I haven't even pulled out of the box. You know, my good intentions to teach my girls to sew. Well, quarantine, I taught them all how to make aprons mm-hmm. <laughs> because all of a sudden, well, you actually no, are no, no, we did it once. We made aprons, <laughs> but you know, but you yes. can make well, one. you know, home ec eighth grade, <laughs> learn how to make yeah. an apron. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it... which side note on that? My daughter has uh, there is the most fantastic book, and if I send you the link, can you put oh, it absolutely. in the notes because it is it's like a sewing kit um, that sewing book kit that I found on Amazon and my daughter who's five she's six now but when she was five was making these adorable Mm -hmm. little projects so it's the perfect like beginner and I am not like you I don't have a sewing machine and I can't sew aprons but um this was a good good yeah definitely send me the link and we'll put it in the show notes um yeah and again just it's just like okay well let's do this because we have more time or making time like we don't have to go back to the busyness that we had before if we have this extra time during quarantine, like we can keep it up. We don't have to, we don't have to, you know, continue yes. running around. And I think that's important. And I love how, you know, you talk about um, thinking back to what were special memories during your own childhood. And like, for mm-hmm. me, I loved, and it was very rare, but when uh, my mom or my mom and stepdad did an activity or like a board game with us, I remember those mm-hmm. just being really special moments. And so Growing up, my older kids, I we would start playing board games together. And now, my like my two adult sons live in town, and they will come over and still play board games at least one night a week with me. And Aww. so it's just not even now. Like, of course, we want them to enjoy now, but I think it is when we're building relationships with them, when we're talking with them and spending time with them and playing board games with them, it does build that relationship that can carry on even when they're adults. And so, you know, yes. I have 31, 28, and 26 year olds in addition to all these kids at home. And I'm like, okay, this really does matter, not just for now and like Mm -hmm. their mental health and all that for now, but for the Mm -hmm. future too. Right. You're making all of those choices are like little coins in the bank for them. And I, that's sort of touching on the first book of memory making mom, but I just, the one message I just felt like I wanted to, you know, tell myself a, and then other parents, because those choices are hard, like board games. Oh, that sounds so nice. But in the moment, it's like, I have so many dishes to wash. I'm super tired right now. These two kids have been fighting all day. Like, I don't want to go play trouble. Like, (laughs) but you know, it, it matters. Like you're saying, it really does make a difference and it really does matter. And so just kind of digging deep and investing in that way, you know, we're not going to regret right. that time. Yeah. 
and now I'm the one going, hey, you going to come over for a game? Because, <laughs> you know, they're not going to cry yeah. if they lose now that they're 28. <laughs> Wow, that must be nice. <laughs> uh, one other fun thing that I thought about that I like until I read it in your book. I'm like, oh, about pets. Let's talk about pets a little bit um, because I'm so many people <laughs> like there's so much work. And why do you think that um, pets are good for kids? Yeah, and I mean, we I don't even have any of the fun ones because we have allergies. So we my kids would love like a big dog that sleeps in their sheets and all of that disgusting stuff. But we um, we've just done like simpler ones. Right now we have two lizards that are just near and dear to our hearts, even mine, which I can't believe I'm saying. <laughs> My husband walked by and I had one out like holding it and I was like, he was, he was cold in his cage. He was like, you are a different person than I thought you were going to be. But I've seen it, what it does to, to kids just to have something that, you know, there's the responsibility element, obviously, and just to have something to care for and to love. I think that can be Mm -hmm. so crucial to childhood. And, you know, my nephew um, has a goldfish and I thought, poor guy like he needs a real pet but they loved that thing and they would notice you know how he act they were telling me about his personality which I'm like I didn't even think goldfish had personality but you know he was theirs and they cared for him and so you know finding little critters my daughter will you know find some lizard or bug that she wants to try to keep alive and all that stuff like it just looks funny and silly but it it really does Mm -hmm. do something in the whole making of a child so just letting them have that space, even if it's yeah, a hamster. Yeah, it's so true. We have, we currently have uh, two dogs, two guinea pigs, a rabbit, and a bird. <laughs> so oh <laughs> my your goodness. house. And it's, I, I think I put, did a video the other day. It's me sitting down. I have a guinea pig on my lap. Grandkids running around. Kids running around. There's like two dogs. And I'm like, this is so ordinary life. Actually, yeah, it's a, a zoo. zoo. It's like literally a zoo. Uh, but. It's, I think I totally agree with you that it is, it is caring. Remember to care for them and feed for, you know, feed them and um, mm-hmm. teach them tricks. Oh my goodness. My kids are so into teaching our dog tricks. They're all, he, he does the most amazing oh. things. I'm like, I never would have thought to spend, they'll spend hours like teaching him how to do these tricks. And so it is fun. Well, and you know, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but I did mention you in the beginning part of the book because I remembered um, I guess reading, no, it was a podcast that you did, um, talking about just how your girls, you saw mm-hmm. healing mm-hmm. as they kind of re reached back to some of those childish, yes. I'll put in quotes, mm-hmm. behaviors. And so, you know, in the same way that probably having a pet is really therapeutic, um, and kind of like gets at the inner child, like, I just love, I thought that was such a powerful and encouraging example. And I can't remember the, I'm so sorry, but I can never remember the ages of what all your girls were when they came because yeah. there were so many, but weren't there some yes, that were so 11 to and 15 like, were the ones. We, yeah. Okay. And, but, but they're like I, in the podcast that I, and I can't remember which one it was, but I, I feel like you were talking about how even like mm-hmm. baking and coloring and like they that was healing for them right like it was it was complete and even like playing baby dolls and stuff that they didn't really get to do and especially like even our well one of our girls we got her as um she was five so we've had five all the way to 15 Mm -hmm. adopting these girls and like she wanted me to like rock her like a baby and pretend like I was feeding her and 
the therapist was like, this is like healing for her. Mm. Like she needed that. And to see, you know, 13 year olds sitting down and playing with American girl dolls and stuff like they miss so much. And going back to that childhood, those childhood times that they missed because they were in foster care and getting move around and all the stuff, they really needed it. And I think so many times we think that, um, you know, kids that have to grow up quickly, that they'll be fine. But the therapist actually said, like, going back and playing mm. and doing those things that they miss actually brings a lot of healing in their lives. And I just think that's so powerful for people to hear because, you know, there's probably a whole range of parents listening and some of them may feel like, okay, well, we're kind of past like the Play-Doh stage and my kids already have mm-hmm. phones and TikTok. And so like, this is irrelevant. But I feel like what your story shows is that it's not too late that, that yeah. you can, if you had a kid that didn't ever really enjoy reading good books, like you can still foster that love or didn't, yeah, you know, ner- wasn't, you know, nurturing or didn't get a chance to really play outside like even grown kids even me like I love playing outside (laughs) (laughs) so that that I just I loved your story because I think it encourages any parent anywhere to let their kids be kids and that it's not too Mm -hmm. late and you can't say like the ship has sailed and I just I shouldn't have introduced this that or the other and now they're just old and mature and there's nothing I can do right would you would you agree oh absolutely you know I still buy play-doh every beginning of every school year (laughs) Our youngest is ten, almost 10. Mm-hmm. We still get out the Play-Doh. We still play all, you know, do all the shapes and play all yeah. the things. Yeah. Because I think it's so important. And our oldest one that we adopted, she was 15 when it was finalized. And I started homeschooling and I was reading out loud to the younger kids. And even though she had her own curriculum, she's like, can I listen? I'm like, absolutely. And she would sit there as we're listening, you know, third and fourth grade mm-hmm. readers as I'm reading out loud. She was totally, she would sit there for hours and as the kids are drawing or doing Play-Doh, you know, origami, she loved to do origami or to draw. And she's here again, a sophomore in high school sitting as I'm reading Little House on the Prairie oh. or these other books. But the amazing thing was, um, and she was doing her own homeschool curriculum too, but her um, ACT scores jumped so huge. They went from like an 18 to a 26. That's insane. In like six months or a year, I guess it was a year. Got some good vitamins um, around there or something. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I think it's just, it gives your brain time to slow down and, um, you know, in like take in the story and be creative. And it just wasn't about, you know, well, again, she was in foster care and going to a school and all this. It was about learning as a family and taking it all in. So I think it even like did brain development. Yes. So I don't know. No. I can't, I like, I'm no expert yes. except that. To see the SAT score, I mean, ACT score go that That's much. amazing. It's like something's going on, yeah. Well, and I think... You can put that in your next book. I, yes, <laughs> I will. No, I'll remember that. And I, I think um, one thing I tried to say, and I'm not as far along as you, you know, so <laughs> I can't be quite as, you know, um, definitive, I guess, in my own experience, but there's a lot of pressure on moms who are my age to like put them in preschool early and kindergarten Mm -hmm. has to be so academic and they should be reading by this age. And like, you know, Oh, then not to mention, you know, piano lessons and violin and they need to be like throwing these pitches that are like actually minor league, you know, (laughs) skill, like, or they're going to miss out. And I think like you're exactly right about the developmental piece. I think there's a, an appropriate slow speed that, kids grow up at and not only should you not does it not really work to rush it 
but I think it can actually do damage to skip some mm-hmm. of that stuff. And it seems like you're kind of like validating that, that they yeah, just need absolutely. to slowly like let them be kids slowly and they'll be okay. And that's reassuring to me because, you know, I've got kids that play baseball and I'm always like, you know, should I give them these lessons or travel like across the country or something, you know, (laughs) but I I think research is showing that not just physically, but like emotionally and mentally, um, if you rush it, it actually can be do more harm than good. Well, it makes it a chore instead of something enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so for example, like I didn't start writing until I was in my early twenties, but I grew up loving to read. So summers I was at the library and checking out books and, reading but it wasn't like if like if someone had made me sit down at third grade and like you're gonna write a story I would have probably hated it and there's no way later I would have wanted um to be creative and write because if it would have been like pushed on me as this major chore Mm -hmm. which I always love like when I have my kids write creative create creatively I say I'm not going to check your spelling or your punctuation like just make up a story and you you read it to me so I'm not even looking at your misspelled words and it lets them just have fun with it I think so many times when we try to make it them better player, better writer too much does, does take the fun out mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it's cool to see now, now that my kids are adults to see like their interests. Like my one son took up guitar on his own when he was, I think a junior or senior in high school mm-hmm. and he still plays around with it a little bit. Um, my daughter who we never did foreign language in homeschool, like I think you're supposed to, but we <laughs> never did. She ended up moving and she's a missionary and she's fluent in Czech. Like, mm-hmm. I'll hear her talking on a video call with a friend there. And I'm just like sitting there. My jaw is dropped because she's just rattling as fast as she can in Czech as she does in English. And I'm like, wow, I never sat down and sat and had her do these language lessons or yeah, what, I probably put it would have picked Spanish or something like yeah. that. But you know what I mean? But she did learn to love. We had a lot of creativity in our home and she just did it on her own as an adult. And I think so many times we think that. I, and I used to think this too, like our kids are empty vessels. We just need to push all this stuff into them, which really no God has formed them. We just need to help them and mold them into who he created them to be. And those natural tendencies of things that they love will come Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Totally. And that's the whole idea behind the subtitle of like, it's gifts mm-hmm. that you give your kids. Like what yep. do kids actually need? They need space to breathe. They need a loving family who is behind them no matter what. They need an outlet for creativity. They need to be able to go run and play outside. They need time. Like they can't be schlepped mm-hmm, from one thing mm-hmm. to another, to another, to another. Um, what What else? I mean, yeah, yeah, like adventure, the ability to like go have a little like, just go do something brave. You know, <laughs> we, we, ha- yeah. we bought or my parents actually bought 30 acres and we are going to move there and build with my parents and my two sisters. So it's this like. I'm like we already homeschool and now we're living on I totally want to do that with my adult kids yeah (laughs) I keep teasing them one day we're just gonna have a compound yeah yeah I love it I'm like don't call it compound please like can we say farm (laughs) but it's just this massive they'll go and climb this magnolia tree or like put these little sticks together I don't even know what they're doing a lot of the time I mean we make them you know we send them out with walkie-talkies so I do kind of know like they're alive but um you know just little silly things and they'll come back so rejuvenated and with all these ideas you know versus drained um yeah so yeah it's counterintuitive to trust that giving them space and time and freedom and just a hand and love like that's the ingredients they need to grow but we put all this pressure and I think society puts this pressure to like, they have to be do, 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 do. 
And I just don't think that's really healthy. And I think it will be revealed long-term that it is already slowly, that it's just kids yeah, are more exactly. depressed, they're more anxious. Like, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I always say like a hundred years ago, they were like working on the farm and they were <laughs> right? like doing all the things. Yeah. I guess longer than a hundred years ago now, but you know I mean? Kids have lived generations without all the technologies and foreign language classes mm-hmm. and, you know, music lessons. Not, I mean, if they're gifted and talented towards something, and they want to do it, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I love to, another thing you talk about, you have a, a technology manifesto, mm-hmm. which I think um, a lot of people talk about. And yours is like this, so similar to ours, that kids won't get a cell phone until they can pay for it. And mm-hmm. ours is when you turn 16, if you have your money saved up, you can buy your phone. Um, we have all these kinds mm-hmm. of things on it to make sure, you know, they're not going to get on bad sites yes. and stuff. Because sometimes they don't even mean to, which is. But um, and then they have to pay their payment every month. It's like, you know, and everyone knows. So we don't have, you know, the 10, 11, 12, 13 year old saying, when do I when can I get a phone? Because like everyone 16, mm-hmm. you have your money, you pay for your phone. And so I think so many times when you set those things up for kids and they just know like that's how it is. And it helps like they've seen the older ones. Those are the rules. Yes. Um, you talk about, you know, as a rule, being on the screen is not on a list of regular activities. Um, you know, it's just knowing that, or they can't play first person shooter games. Like if they know the rules ahead of time, mm-hmm. then it's so much easier. Then you don't have to keep repeating yourself or changing things up or mm-hmm. <laughs> doing all the things. And I think so many times we are afraid to set those boundaries, but once they're in place, like the kids just know that's what they are. Right. Yes. So to the young mom, I would say, and you, you know, say input if you have some, but I would say like set this early and know clearly in your Mm -hmm. head, like what your family's stance is. But I also think, and this was really a passion of mine writing, like I don't want a mom to read it and think, well, shoot, I've already fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we're just doomed, you know, because I think one important part of parenthood and life is to be able to say like, I made a mistake. I have new information now. I'm very sorry. Mm -hmm. I feel upset about this. You're welcome to feel upset about it. But here's the new plan going forward. And I'm sure, like, I call it back the bus up. That's my official. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't had to do it with technology, but there's been things that I'm like, whoa, we've allowed this, but it's Mm -hmm. we're making a new shift for our family. And don't you think, like, that's okay? And parents need to know that's okay. okay. Do you trust God? Can he be trusted? Meg Apperson, author of Sky Full of Stars, says yes. Her memoir reveals how faithful God is, how he has a purpose for our pain and suffering, and how we can trust him, even with life's smallest details. Pick up Sky Full of Stars wherever books are sold. And, you know, you talk to the kids about the reasons for it and why, you know, we thought this was okay, but we're, or we can say we're seeing that, you know, we're seeing more bad attitudes if you guys mm-hmm. watch this show or do this thing or whatever. So we're just going to wait a while mm-hmm. until, you know, we feel like it's a, a more appropriate time. And yeah, p- kids will be upset for a while, but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. They'll survive. They absolutely will. They will be upset. And that's why one thing I say in that chapter is like how important it is to have a tribe of people that are doing mm-hmm. what you do. Like, do you guys have families that kind of also have that 16 rule? Because I bet that's really helpful for your kids if they don't feel like they're the only one. Well, it's hard because our closest, like 
the kids on the street that they see the most are the ones that have the TVs in their rooms, every electronic. But we have friends. We just made friends with, um, actually writing the book with Todd Tillman. Yeah. He won The Voice. Him and his wife have eight (laughs) kids. We've hung out with them like three times, but they have a big family. We have a big family. Their kids don't all have all the latest gadgets. Our kids. And so we've. Every time we're t- we're with them, our kids just love it because they're on the trampoline for an mm-hmm. hour, or they're running around doing mm-hmm. stuff. And they said it's fun having kids that also don't yeah. have stuff the way they see it. But it is it is hard. Like the kids that are closest to us that want to play come over. Like they do have like every electronic game TV in their room, and they're like, you know, our kids are like they have this. I'm like, I know. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like you'll be okay. Yes. Well, yeah. and one thing I got this from my friend who is a director of Young Life. You're familiar with Young Life, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I love you. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> so he, um, I sat down with him before writing this book to say like, okay, you've seen the end game here of like all the mm-hmm. kids that maybe it hasn't been done right. Like what would you tell to a parent who's young and wants to like really do the right thing in this current culture. And one main thing he said is that he's going to raise his boys to say, yes, you are different. You're a, his last name Mm. is right. You're right. And we are different. And so just to embrace it and know that like, yep, you get used to it. We're not like everyone else. And that's a good thing. And so that's a mindset shift for people, I think, because we feel sheepish to say, yeah, I'm sorry. You're the only one. And I'm so sorry. And we feel apologetic. But instead to pivot and say, no, we're different. You're right. You are. Like, I believe in in different, in bi- bigger, better things for you. And this is our family's vision. And you're, you're always going to be welcomed here. And you're one of us. You know, that I think that can be so powerful. I haven't tried it yet mm. with a teenager, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I, and I think, um, I mean, there's always, even talking to my adult kids now, there was things that they don't like. Looking back now, mm-hmm. like my daughter will say, man, when I was 15, she's 28 now, I thought I knew it all and I was so upset with mm-hmm. you. She goes, but now looking back, I could totally see why you said yeah. that. So it might not even happen right away. Absolutely. Like they might not say, yes. like next year say, well, mom, I really can see why yeah. you had those choices right? for me. I guarantee um, when they're older, they do look back and sometimes they'll even tease me because like I didn't even let them watch The Wizard of Oz until they were like 14 or something because I was like scared of the monkeys. Hey, those are scary. (laughs) I'll say, mom, seriously, you didn't let us watch The Wizard of Oz. I'm like, yeah. So, so, you know, sometimes I'll even joke about it. Like sometimes the things that I'm like, no, you can't do that. But overall, you know, they've said we could totally understand why you were doing those things. Um, And you know, I think it does take maturing and for them to mature for us to understand. And one time I, I had this word picture because I can't remember what device our kids were wanting to get on a Snapchat on something. And I said, you know what, there's just friends and they have this house and they built this fence and their toddler was so happy. And, but all these people from the outside were like trying to like get the toddler come to the edge. So they built the fence higher and people are still trying to draw them out. And they're like, people need to call the cops. They need to protect that toddler, you know? And then I said, well, this is actually like our rules for you. You know, we know this is your safe place, but there's people out there that want you to, you know, to come to them. They have all these things to tempt you to these bad places. And we're trying to protect you. Like, gee, mom, you totally roped us in. We thought it was about a toddler, (laughs) but it it gave them the idea. Like 
there I'm doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that want to draw you into danger mm-hmm. that want that don't have your best interest in mind and know you're not a toddler, mm-hmm. but you, know, you can see like we are just trying to protect you. And so I think sometimes painting word pictures like that or helping them understand yeah. or see things in a different way can really help them to see that we're not just trying to be the bad parent or you know, we, we're not saying that we don't trust you. We don't trust a lot of people out yes. there that want to bring you harm. Yeah. And knowing that they're, yeah, like you said, they're not going to maybe immediately be like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thank you so and much. it's hard to be, it's hard to be a parent today. Right. I really think it's very, very hard. And I, I thought, you know, I don't know if you're like this. Well, you've written like 7,000 book so maybe you don't feel this way but I I I just thought oh this is just gonna change everyone's life this book is just gonna like you know be like the new you know whatever um what's the purpose-driven life you know it's just gonna be (laughs) and um but more often what I found is I think like people are so encouraged to read like they're not the only one because it feels so lonely sometimes to you you do feel like am I the only one who is not letting their you know daughter on TikTok or like doesn't go buy this I don't even know like what the thing item of clothing that girls are wanting to wear that maybe you wouldn't want them to wear crop top. okay there you go crop top for that. listen that's not flattering for anyone they're gonna thank us yeah. <laughs> but anyway like I just I just would want to encourage parents who feel like they're just beaten down and run over by the garbage truck over and over saying no 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 you know that you're fighting the good fight and you're not alone and you're doing the right thing. Yeah. It's so good. And it is, we need that confirmation. Cause even when I'm, you know, going through your book and I'm like, Oh yeah, her, their um, media choice manifesto, whatever it is, it sounds a lot like ours. It's just like that confirmation mm-hmm. that, okay, there's other people that are thinking about the same mm-hmm. things that are trying to get the same results with their kids. And it just does get that, give us that encouragement. Like, okay, Don't give up. yes, this is important. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Let them be kids, adventure, boredom, innocence, and other gifts children need. As we're wrapping up, what encouragement would you just have to those um, parents out there that are saying, okay, I'm hearing you, but what are maybe the first step that I need to take? Um, that's a really good question. The very first step, I mean, is it tacky to say buy the book? That's pretty tacky. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, no, no. Um, first, first step, let's see. Um, well, okay. This also feels tacky, but whenever I feel like sometimes I'll look on Instagram and see people who are doing things that I feel like I should be doing and I'm overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and that can make you depressed. So I guess I would say like, instead of being depressed to pray and say, God, Mm -hmm. like, I feel a little nudge that I should make some changes, but I'm so overwhelmed and I'm already just exhausted with life. And I already feel like I'm saying no all the time, but Lord, would you show me like your ways are good and you're wise and you love these kids. Like, would you show me the next step to take? And I, whenever I have prayed that prayer, God has been so faithful, even if it's just something like little, I just think he loves to answer those kinds of prayers where we're genuinely saying, you know, give me guidance. Like he says in his word that he will, that he'll if we lack wisdom, we can call on him and he will give us wisdom. And, but I do think like secondary point is 
to somehow try to find a mom or a family that you know that's kind of doing your same thing and like really link arms and just get some encouragement yeah. real life, you know, and maybe like make an investment to be around those people more. Yeah, that's really good. And have your kids be around other kids that have the similar. Yes, because they you know, need to, just like and... you need to feel like you're not alone. They need to feel like they're not alone. Yeah. And I love that you, you talk about going to God in prayer for the next step, because I think, you know, definitely we're like, oh, my goodness, I need to change this, this, this and yes. that. And not only will you be overwhelmed, but your yeah. kids are, will be overwhelmed. When our daughters moved in from foster care, I'm like, I had the list, I had the chore list and this list and that list. And we're all going to get on the same page. It was so overwhelming. <laughs> it was like emotional meltdown <laughs> for them, which led to emotional meltdown for me. And after praying, God's like, okay, just one thing. Like start mm-hmm. with one thing first. Because um, anytime we make change, it's it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But, you know, okay, t- right now we're just going to start with having family dinners. And for them, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Like they'd never mm-hmm. – I remember the first time we all sat down around the table, one of our daughters who was uh, 12 at the time, 13? No, I think she was 12. She just like started getting teared up and she's like, this is what they do in the movies. Oh I never gosh. thought like real families did that. And that was like, for me, I'm like, we always have family dinner. And I realized like that is a step. Mm. So, you know, just even a little step, I think, I love how you said that, you know, praying ask God what the next step is. Cause even that little step can be a huge thing mm-hmm. for your kids. Which just as a side note, the amount of food it must take to have a family dinner at your house. <laughs> <laughs> like what in the world do you even like, seven pizzas I mean what <laughs> well, tonight okay I'll just tell you so tonight my daughter and I want to make sushi we've never tried it so my 28 year old is here so we got all the stuff to make sushi and we're like no one else is gonna want the sushi <laughs> so we're making teriyaki chicken and fried rice on the side you know so that sounds great. I mean it does it's like yeah it has to be like big old portions I went out with my husband and I went with three other couples to Montana for four days and I'm like I'll cook up some rice so I cooked up the rice and they laughed <laughs> Because I like, it was this huge, we ate on that rice for three oh. days. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, my kids would have eaten this all in one meal. That's I don't know funny. why. I can't but they're imagine. like, I, I, don't, I don't even know when people move out. Like, I don't even know how to cook for yeah. a lot of people. So. <laughs> You're just going to have to make one meal and then you'll have the month. You can freeze it. I, I think that's what will happen. Like, I'm going to cook the big old pot of rice and we are going to be eating on it forever. Fried rice is really delicious. So you can, you know, leftover rice. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. Oh, okay. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Again, the book is Let Them Be Kids, Adventure, Boredom, Innocence, and Other Gifts Children Need. And where can people go for more information about this book? Well, yeah, the book is on Amazon, Let Them Be Kids. And I'm on Instagram at jessica.smart, and smart has two Ts. Yes. And it's uh, very smart. (laughs) That worked. Remind us that it has two Ts. Yes. Well, you have to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was so much fun talking to Jessica. And I just love her heart for letting kids be kids. Now, what about you? What are your goals of parenthood? I'll be the first to admit that with my first three kids, I wanted them to live up to what I thought at the time was ideal childhood. The sports, those classes like I talked about playdates and co-ops and over time and as my kids grew older I realized that the ideal childhood wasn't all these scheduled extra things but really just the time we had together and like Jessica mentioned 
Um, and she wrote about it in the book, which is super cool that she quoted me in her book. Even if you have older kids, whether they're your biological kids that are older or you've adopted older kids, it's never too late to make changes. Don't feel that, oh my goodness, I've messed it up. Cut back in those activities now that um, so much has been happening in the world where so many activities that we did have been cut. Use that time to have dinner as a family, have board game nights, go on a walk, go on a hike. Think of all these things you can do with your family and enjoy that time together. It's not too late. It's never too late. Now, my oldest son is 31. And I am so thankful for all those times that we rode in the car for basketball trips and went out to lunch and hiked together as a family, did family vacations, because now we have a great relationship. And I still love getting together with my older sons, who both live in town, not far from me, and playing those board games. I so appreciate that time. And I just appreciate Jessica for sharing all the wisdom that she had to. And, you know, as Jessica said, we're always kind of looking for a giant way to make an impact, but really it's those tiny things that take two seconds that really will matter in the long run. Now our walk it out verse for the week is John 10, 10. And this is a quote from Jesus. And it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And really, when I thought of this, just think about and pray about and ask Jesus to show you, how can I give my kids a life that was to the fullest, not full of the things that the world says is important, but full of the things that will matter in eternity. And just today, um, I started a new tradition with my kids and I started listening to Adventures in Odyssey. Now, this isn't a plug. They're not paying me for this promotion. I just remembered, like, what did my older kids enjoy? Um, something that maybe I haven't been doing with my younger kids. And I remembered, oh, I love, they loved, I loved Adventures in Odyssey. So we started listening during our school time today and did art as we listened to Adventures in Odyssey. And this is something that I'm going to incorporate into our homeschool, but you can incorporate into your lunchtime or breakfast time or bedtime. So think about things that maybe you enjoyed or your um, older kids enjoyed if you have younger kids and start incorporating those things. And for me, as I prayed and said, God, how can I help my kids live life to the fullest? That was something that came to mind. So just say that prayer and you never know what God will bring into your mind or heart. Now, let me just pray for us today. Dear God, I just pray for every listener. I thank you so much for those who are parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles or friends that we have a heart for kids and we know that we are trying so hard and we shouldn't feel guilty if we've done things wrong. But Lord, I just pray that for each of us, me included, that you will just turn our hearts back towards home, towards simplicity, just that special one-on-one time that we can have with our kids and not be so overwhelmed with all the to-do lists that we think we need to do. Um, But instead, Lord, I pray that we'll turn to you to get the right motivation, the right heart for what we need to do. I pray for every listener. I pray for Jessica. Continue to bless her, her family, and this book. May it be a blessing to so many. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I am so thankful for you for listening to this podcast, for tuning in, for 
spending your time with me in these interviews. And if you enjoy it, remember to tell a friend. You can go and send them to walkitoutpodcast.com. We have all the links. And also look back and maybe there's some podcasts that you missed that you might enjoy. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.